This is Aaron Levine, LG Insurance Agency, with another episode of the And Insurance Podcast. I have no clue what type of insurance I'm going to talk about today, but I'm hanging out with my favorite entrepreneur, Brett Morgan. And I have to call him an entrepreneur because I don't know what he's into these days. Um, there's always something new on your plate. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to catching up to finding out what you have going on, what projects have been completed recently, and uh, get a little status of what, what you feel like the local economy is doing here in, in and around eastern Monmouth County and such. So thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging out today. Yeah, thanks for having me here, Aaron. Um, it's exciting to, to yeah, I was so glad you finally invited me onto your podcast. Um, <laughs> the last time we podcast was with was with Andrew, and I hate to say it, it was it was early COVID. We were supposed to do a podcast. I forget the name of that show. Um, totally local podcast with Andrew, um, Andrew Talcott, and we were supposed to meet on the boardwalk, I think. Mm-hmm. And then things started shutting down and we were like secretly whispering, are we allowed to go out in public like and, mm-hmm. and not knowing what was going on? Um, it <laughs> yeah, was like <laughs> the first one. Um, and that's what hooked me into this whole podcast business uh, that I've got going on right now. And you were you were that guy. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think I was crying that week because all of my businesses were uh, cataclysmically came to a grinding halt. And um, yeah, I had a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> and you've diversified since then significantly. Right. So let's go back to 20. Let's go back to 2020. So your business is back in 2020. You had, were co-works. You had the farmer's markets, right? And you had some other building investment interests as well at that time, right? Yeah. So um, co-works, we, uh, I guess we started that in like 2010. Okay. Um, but then we opened up a space in Red Bank actually during COVID too. So we were, we were fitting that out. Uh, that was exciting because we got <laughs> shut down uh because uh, of the construction moratorium. Oh God, sorry, but, Danny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we did we did get that open. Um, I think it was like September twenty twenty. Okay. So you have two co-working buildings right now, right? Mm-hmm. You have one in Asbury Park, which was the original, mm-hmm. and, then and then you have your Red Bank building. And then we have the Red Bank location on Mama, which is on Mama Street. Mm-hmm. And both of those are full right yeah. now. Like people are back in, quote unquote, office. Yeah, once especially during. Um, COVID, it was, we saw such an influx in the area right. of, of people from like New York City and, and uh, North Jersey moving down to the area. So we, we really didn't have like, like other than when we were required to be shut down, right. uh, when we reopened, it was like, like business as usual. In fact, we probably saw an uptick in business for people wanting private offices. So. Right. And so right now, 2023, your private offices are pretty much are full. Yeah, I mean, we get vacancies once Some in a while, but they like, yeah, people in and out and, and there might be an availability in like October, but it'll be filled by the time. And are they like more solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, or you actually have like W-2 employees that are like, I don't want to be home, but I'm also not going back to Manhattan. Like, and I'm just going to pay for this myself. It's a little bit of both. Um, I say it's a lot of solopreneurs though. Okay. Um, Andrew actually is in, in <laughs> that, uh, our, our Asbury space too. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a lot of like freelancers, um, small business, that type of, um, like people that just generally, uh, as, as a parent of three, um, <laughs> who ironically enough, I work out of my house. Uh, it can be challenging at times yeah, to get uh, a little bit of a break at times. So yeah, I, the reason I maintain an office is mostly so I can get out of the house, mm-hmm. you know, and I force some of my staff to come in, but the majority of my team is fully remote. And, you know, I've, I've weighed and looked at the pros and cons of, keep letting everybody stay fully remote, keeping everybody fully remote, or trying to bring everybody back into the office. Um, and I, you know what, I'd rather the flexibility for myself and for my team to be able to 
kind of do what they need to do. If somebody needs to do a quote at eight o'clock at night and sell some insurance at eight, that's great. They're home, right? You know, that's the benefit to the business of having people be fully remote is that time changes. <laughs> yeah. You, it's not a, your, your time is not as confined as it would be if you were a, a traditional office worker. And you have to really as, as a business owner, but also as an employee to establish boundaries and, and, uh, and, because you could be working I'm, when the I'm business terrible. comes in. I'm terrible. I'm so, terrible yeah, about that. <laughs> I'm, I've gotten a pretty good uh, a good habit of like yeah turning off email at a certain point, turning off notifications, uh, things like that to make sure you like like just you need that shut off or you just not me. I'm I'm it. fidgeting right now. Like I'm my my leg is going, so my hands not shaking, but my phone and my watch and everything else is on the other side of the room, so I'm not distracted. Like this is probably one of the only times. When I'm sitting here having a live conversation with somebody with microphones and cameras, that I don't have a device buzzing on me. <laughs> now I, I I had a you know it's sleep time too, but <laughs> I uh, I don't I don't shut it off. You know, unless I'm with my if I'm with my kids, I'm pretty good with it. Trying not trying to teach them the right way, right? To not mm -hmm. be distracted around them full time because, you know, it's rude. It's bad parenting at the same time. <laughs> it's, it's tough. I mean, it's a world that we didn't grow up in. So right. it's, uh, we're, it's we're a lot of like we're fully on, we're fully on demand with, with a lot of the things that we, that we do. Mm. But I, I struggle with, with being like a technologist <laughs> and, and in like software and tech and, and right. everything as much as, as much as I have been over my life. And, but at the same time, I'm also like, Get off the screen! <laughs> like, like, you shouldn't be on a phone. You shouldn't be on a laptop. Didn't uh, you do one? You did a couple of times. You did some um, tech. You did some workshops, right? You did some. I don't know. Were they were they crypto related? You did some. You you were doing at one point some technology related workshops where you were bringing in a panel of speakers and 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 selling out rooms. So we yeah, with coworks we would do classes and workshops. Okay. Um but I also produced an event called Asbury Agile for uh yeah. about 10 years. It was up until COVID. Okay. Um where we would bring in it was a one-day event. Uh started the first couple of years at the Watermark and then we went right. to the Beer Garden in Asbury and then the last couple of years we were at uh at the Asbury Hotel, Asbury mm -hmm. Lanes. And uh, we were bringing speakers from like New York, San Francisco, Philly, and uh, really just produce a one day like, like conference around startups, tech, okay. whatever the hot topics were at the time. You're gonna bring and, that uh, back? People have been asking. Um, I just did. I got a lot of <laughs> varied interests at this at this point. So um, I mean, it's it's not off the table. Right. Um, my partner, my partner, and I've been talking about it a little bit. And um, so, how do you? maintain your cool around everything you have going on right you're a creative you're you're always looking for what's next but you also have you've built some some great programs you've built some great businesses around what you're doing you know one how do you keep yourself focused and engaged on on what you're working on but also be able to multitask the way that the way that you do <sighs> it's been a it's it's a <laughs> i'm gonna sit back now. <laughs> well actually let me break up my uh, <laughs> my my chart um so a lot of it does start with like setting boundaries and not not like like turning off notifications. If I find myself on like Instagram or Reddit too much, I'll literally delete it from my app and be like, "Okay, you're you're not you're not on this for the next three months. It's not on your phone." <laughs> so really, just like kind of hardwiring these behaviors into okay. myself, because um, I think we a lot of us we do have time. It's just look at your screen time and see where your time is going. Nope. And really, is it is it really like is it doom scrolling the best use of your time as far as like if you're trying to build a business or you're trying to like right. like 
grow something uh if you're trying to spend more time with your kids like is that really like where your energy should be going it doesn't serve that purpose um as far as like processes i mean i i i'm very process oriented where mm -hmm. i like and again a lot of this is always work in progress but if you do something more than once i try and document it i try and um like uh create a system around it because it, even if i'm the one doing it uh eventually it's something that you can hand off to like right. like an employee an executive assistant um and really it's just getting stuff out of my head and onto <laughs> like into like google docs or asana um so really that's that's kind of how like i do it and then just surrounding yourself with people that are aligned that way and right. get it because that's the easiest way to to really grow is to build a good team of people whether it's partners sure. whether it's it's employees whether it's contractors or team members that um that you can just like like pick up the ball and all run in the same direction so i think you said you know your culture right you're you're culturally aligned with the people that you surround yourself with right and everybody's going to be similarly task related and focused around what's going on and understanding the boundaries right you're setting your ground rules early for here's how and here's what we're going to do but also systematizing it and creating those processes which is which is phenomenal i think that's one thing that i i struggle with um and i'm sure i have many things system systematized but they're they're still up here um you know and i allow a lot of freedom in my organization instead of fully processing and having all the processes written out which most of them are, but I'm sure there's a lot of deviations that uh, we're, we're working through, and I would I would cringe if I actually looked at it. <laughs> so it's it's awesome that you're able to put that in place because that allows you to continue to diversify yourself. Yeah, and it's and it's constant iteration and constant trying things that work, and sometimes right. something will work for a period of time, and then it won't, and then it gets replaced, or you just get rid of it, and and it's like, like um, I think it's just constantly always making efforts to work towards that is sure. really the is like the, the underlying process it's like that yeah. make yourself one percent better every day right figure yeah, out how yeah. to do that one what's that one percent right somebody wrote a book about the one percent rule i'm sure um mm -hmm. you know make yourself a little bit better amend your processes build your processes you know get your tasks aligned so that you're more efficient and effective in everything that you do i think it's super important um and it's awesome the way you've been able to do it so what are the projects that you're working on right now i know you just did a just finished or are still working with a cool project in bradley beach i know you mentioned you have an avon project going on what are you what are you working on what's new so we about a year and a half ago i guess it was we purchased a property in bradley beach it was nine bungalows on a single family lot um they were about 100 years old falling apart and, so the bungalows and, uh, were there so they they've been there I think 1919 when they were no built way. but um That's awesome. They were they were rough. <laughs> really rough. Shape. What kind of colony was hanging um, out there in the 1920s? I mean that's, I, you know. I mean we actually it was funny we we were in one of the local realtor offices and and they had a postcard of the property oh, no when way. it first opened and and okay. it was it honestly like other than just needing a complete update it looked very similar in, okay. in terms of like like the trees and and things like that that were there. But right. um but yeah, so we took we took this property and um, we completely renovated it, uh, reframed everything, like mm -hmm. like redid the sewers, redid the landscape. I mean, like dealt with dealt with like. But you had to rehab it because if you knocked it all down, you wouldn't have been able to rebuild it. Yeah, I mean, at that point, you wouldn't. It's completely non-conforming and everything as far as zoning. That's so go. cool. But that's uh, so but, cool. but one of the things I mean that I like doing is I mean I walk into like an old warehouse or something that's like. Like and I, my eyes light up, and that's part of mm -hmm. like my creative process. If I okay. see something, I'll be like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! We could do this and this and that." And uh, 
and really when I when I first like like I used to ride my bike by that property and then when somebody told me that the owner was thinking about selling right um it like like and I did like a walkthrough of it and I was like this is amazing <laughs> and uh so we just put it together and fortunately at the time I had I had uh, just met a couple guys through it actually through a real estate networking meetup okay and um then they were had some I guess vertically aligned like uh um I guess skill sets as far as capital raising mm -hmm. and, and experience and things that I hadn't like necessarily been able to like, right. like handle on my own. So we, we all jumped into it together and, and um, yeah, we, we brought it to fruition. So. so you have nine bugalos in Bradley beach fully mm -hmm. open and available for rent. Available for rent. So we, we opened Memorial day weekend this year. Um, so we, we use them as vacation rentals during the summers mm -hmm. and then off season. So starting uh, October one, we switched it over to winter rentals and, okay. um, yeah, and it's it's uh, we rent to a lot of traveling nurses and people that oh, are doing cool. renovations on their homes and stuff during the off season, and then during the season it's a lot of families and and uh, uh, people coming down even like a vacation like right. Jersey Shore for the week and, right. and um, yeah and uh, and it's like a nice enclosed no bachelor bachelorette parties no <laughs> no you're not, no, no, you're, that, not, you're not taking the call hey I want to rent out all nine bungalows for one weekend you're not you're like yeah, I have no route on that one we'll do if there's like a wedding group or family needs a place to stay and stuff we've had a lot of that especially in like the off season right. like in September but I mean, what um, a cool alternative to staying at a hotel or a resort right where everybody can be together but not be together <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and, it, and it's that's exactly because i don't like we, people i want to be by myself but it's if like, like all right my, if there's nine i love houses, my relatives then, but i love them over you know there. as long as i can close a door and lock it and stay away from people i'm fine <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah so it's like a nice it's like a really unique space where i mean everything was like upgraded everything is like it's it's like an upscale um like bungalow four blocks in the beach and everything from a one bedroom to three bedroom washer dryer like every like all the kitchen amenities we travel a lot so i've stayed in airbnbs and in vacation homes for months on end all over the world right. and um so i i kind of have it when we went into it i'm like okay i know i know what we need as far as like right. appliances as far as like making sure it's stocked with like certain dishware and things like that like, sure it's all the the little amenities that it's really easy uh to miss if you haven't actually done it got it so as a, but when you have it, nine, you can create a system, you can create a process that's repeatable, <laughs> you know, yeah, we, and we, scalable at the same time, which is more beneficial than somebody buying a, you know, a single family residence and trying to then turn it into vacation rental and, and, and hope mm -hmm. to hit the hit the lottery with it. Right. Yeah. And we've we've um, yeah, we're just at that kind of tipping point of like of having a like scaling like uh, to being able to like like have like economies of scale to. Uh, to be able to like, we have a like a cleaning staff that right. um, really is is there. They're they're not full time with us, but they're there like a couple days a week. We have mm -hmm. a handyman on site, pretty much on demand as needed. So we're we're at a point where we we are able to start to leverage those economies, um, right. which yeah, you wouldn't be able to do on a which one is, or one or two like if you right. one or two properties. So. Yeah, which is great because then it allows you to then take next steps if you want to continue down that that path of vacation rentals because you have this system already built. So it's easy to pluck off other properties in, mm -hmm. in Which the area. Which we are actively looking. I'm sure you are. We've identified a few. <laughs> <laughs> we, like, we really like uh, hotels and like old hotels and motels that are like uh, <clears throat> good locations close to the beach. And, and, and uh, those are the types of things that we're really starting to right. look at and, and identify for like a next, a next move. That's awesome. So what's going on in Avon? <sighs> so... There is an old bank building that has been abandoned since 2017. Okay. Um, I think I w was 
in the building about two years ago, maybe a little bit longer at this point. Um, we uh, currently, uh, one of the projects that we, we were working on a couple of years ago and unfortunately didn't happen was was like kind of like a hybrid of like a micro food hall slash restaurant slash mm-hmm. like bar concept in Asbury. We had a location that didn't, it didn't end up panning out. But um, thank God, because it was right before COVID, right and before I would not. There's a coffee shop, right? Yeah, the coffee shop and the. We had the coffee shop in the right. in the co-work space. Yeah. This is a totally different, totally different project. Guy. Okay. Um, but we uh, so we had this bank building. Um, it's an iteration of that idea, so it's not. It's going to be less food hall and more just restaurant with a with a bar. Okay. Uh, we started. Sounds way too plain for you. But uh, it'll be cool. It's going to be. It's going to. It's an interesting. Like I'm. I'm totally stoked about the project. It's. Right. I've been so. In the like the past <clears throat> year, we've been going through our approvals and and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and really just navigating that process. Right. So I haven't even really I I haven't even jumped into the creative stuff in like over a year on that project. Oh gosh, that's awesome. But um, but really, it's been a lot of a lot of like uh, planning boards and right. calls with lawyers <laughs> and and. Uh, Spreadsheets. I was on an Excel, and writing it was an Excel model right before I came to this. Of course, you uh, to to get the bank something to keep them happy. <laughs> so it's um, uh, but we're we got our approvals over the summer. Cool. So now we're we're really we're just waiting on on um, some other stuff from the from the borough to uh, to really kind of get the green light right. to start to push forward. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, it's like a 130 seat restaurant with a bar. It's seasonal liquor license on main street in Avon. Uh, the project right now is called Sylvan Hall. The name may stay, the may, name may not. We'll, <laughs> we'll see when we get into like the yeah, branding time. and creative. Uh, sure. we, um, as far as timeline, we don't have a firm timeline yet, but right. probably I'd say at the earliest next summer, next fall. So that's so cool. But, uh, but yeah, we, uh, I, I like the slow place. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, listen, you keep moving, you know, I'm very static in, in what I do. I try to you know, look for different opportunities, but nowhere near as as open and willing as uh, as as you. So I love listening to this conversation and and uh, getting to hear the projects that you're working on and where where your brain is going a little bit. And I have no clue what's going on up there. There's quite a there's there's quite a bit or there's not or there's not much at all. One one or the other. I'm not sure. But like I need you to put something a, a need, bicycle. <laughs> I need you to put something out there. And it's not the fact that it's a dog chasing a bicycle. It's because so many young entrepreneurs and I see people when they they talk to you, they light up, you know, that you've been able to create this success. Right. So this is the advice portion of the show is is what do you how do you tell people that are picking your brain about projects that you're doing and the work that you've been able to uh, create, you know, about how to start building their portfolio and, and, and get their businesses off the ground? I mean, a lot of it comes down to mindset. It's a lot of deep I, breaths. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for those deep breath questions. But it's a very uh, loaded, or it's not loaded, but it's a, it's it's a very, complex. It's very open-ended. You can take it wherever you want to take it. I would say it comes, it comes down to mindset. Um, I think the, and I do a little bit of writing. I started a Substack probably about a year ago um, to kind of talk about some of these topics. Awesome. And a lot of it is, I mean, first of all, I just get excited with like, even if it's not a project I'm involved in or doing when right. I talk to somebody and they're like, Hey, I want to do this or I want to do that. I'm like, that's amazing. Here's we, like, like what advice do you have? I'm like, you could totally do this and this. And, and I will go off for hours. And <laughs> it's, it's, uh, 
it it's because it's building one of those a, you asked me and build, uh, building maybe. a business is a is a very creative process but it's also formulaic where there are you're always going to need like like you have to have something that people want to buy at the right. fundamental level so you need a product development or, or or finding product market fit i think that's what they like to call it now um solving you have to solve it solving a problem Mm-hmm. scratching you know. yeah finding like whatever pa- selling paint aspirin <laughs> or whatever they, that's like much better than selling like like uh uh the like something that people don't need right is a lot harder but what they would like is a lot harder to sell than something that they're like in excruciating pain it's like you're solving a pain point for somebody right. um i think yeah then the sales this market you have a great product nobody knows about it you're like you're dead in the water like right. Uh, that's I mean, I get roped in on on Instagram all the time. I'm I'm such a two a.m. shopper. Oh, uh, yeah, the DTC um, stuff. <laughs> that's damaging. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. What did I, you know, what did I buy today? What's showing up tomorrow on that <laughs> yeah. truck? Like, you know, yeah, I had stuff show up at my door. I'm like, Wait, did I order that? <laughs> like, oh yeah. So it's good marketing. You know, they figured out something that I kept looking for, right? Because they're following us everywhere we're going. Yeah. Um, you know, pixels are dropped everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's uh... and listening to us wherever we go. I love, I love all the memes of. Uh, you know, this ad showed up and I didn't scroll for it. I didn't search for it, but I was talking about it, you know, it's the yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't I have no idea what's going on with our phones, but, but another reason to, to put them away. At times. Put it right. <laughs> it'll uh, if anything, it'll show up on your credit card statements every month. <laughs> but um, but, I mean, I guess the, the it, breaking it down to, I guess, piece of advice is just just do it. I mean, we're right. brought up in this this culture of like like one of the one of the things that I early on um so up until having three kids now i <laughs> used to spend about three months of the year out of the country mm-hmm. that was like a, a goal of like hey i got 100 years here on this planet i want to travel i want to run businesses but i also want to travel and i used to go down to nicaragua a couple times a year and one of the things that got me through a lot of the uh the, I guess the apprehension, the risk, and the fear was okay. What's your best case scenario? You whatever business you have takes off, you make a hundred million dollars. You never right. have to work again. I would like move to Nicaragua, build a house, and live on the beach. And maybe it won't be Nicaragua, maybe it'd be Bali or India <laughs> or somewhere. But um, point is, it wouldn't like that's that would be my end goal. Right. And then worst case, what would happen if like you're like in debt forever, you're $100 million in the hole, everybody hates you, your brand is tarnished, your business, you're not allowed to operate like a business. Like, what would you do? <laughs> Scrape up together money, move to Nicaragua, live on the beach. <laughs> like, so when you, and granted, you're not gonna be living the same level of, right. of, of uh, lifestyle, but I mean, when right. you start to realize that like your goals, like, like aren't that far different in mm-hmm. a best case and worst case scenario, it really makes it a lot easier to, uh, and I know I'm oversimplifying it with, with now, especially the, <laughs> three kids it's a much different scenario right but but at the end of the day you can approach most things where like what do i really need what like what what's the worst case scenario is it right. really is is it is it that bad or is it some I'm, i guarantee it's probably some middle ground maybe maybe you have a little bit of debt and you need to go get a job and you need to like service that debt for a couple of years or whatever and you try but you tried something you right. didn't wake up 70 or 80 years old and being like I had this idea and, and you just like, you tried it. Like I'd rather try something and and swing and have and fail than than try and, or not try rather. And just not try. And then you think about it Mm -hmm. and you, you have only what if conversations with yourself Mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. Totally agree with that. Right. To making, putting the effort forth or at least putting the research into seeing if the idea is viable, I think is important. Right. So the people that I had in here before you, um, 
well, their, their nonprofits called Backpacks for Life. And one of the things that Brett was talking about is when he got home from Afghanistan and he was ultimately discharged, he was depressed. He was having certain issues. And then he d performed a random act of kindness, which then sparked the creativity, which they then turned into a business in 2014 as a nonprofit um, where they patented and built special backpacks for homeless and transitioning veterans like random act of kindness amazing. turned into an amazing story for the two of them for brett and alexa and they were able to build this business up you know and i still call it a business even though it's a nonprofit, it's still a business right mm -hmm. we still have to act like a business they still have to make a living off of it because it's 100 percent their sole focus you know but then they keep adding on to it they're still they're adding iterations and versions and ideas and everything going on into to what they're doing and it's it's cool to see that journey happen from depression to random act of kindness to success and then continuing from there so mm -hmm. you know if he didn't act on his idea who knows where he would be today yeah, because it would, yeah, it you know wouldn't exist and, and a lot, the, whole lot of people would not right. have been like served yeah so. So he, he wouldn't have been able to serve his community that he chooses to, that they choose to, to serve. So cool, really cool story. I can't wait for that podcast episode to, to yeah. come out. I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you know, again, it's, it's getting, getting into young entrepreneurs and people interested in, I forget who said it. It was maybe it was Seth Godin or James Altucher. Somebody said, you know, the average age of a successful entrepreneur is, is 50. Mm -hmm. Right. Like or, or uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, I think this is one of his is, you know, don't quit because you're 45 years old. Don't quit because you're 50 years old. Like you still have another 30 years to create success. So, you know, don't let age limit you and, and anything. And, you know, some of that motivation is is pretty cool for for anybody that has an idea and wants to develop an idea. But again, you got to bust your ass and put the fucking work in. And, mm -hmm. to, and nothing to, and yeah nothing you know, like like especially early on when you can't afford to hire other people and you don't have the right partners in place you just gotta you just gotta try it you gotta grind yeah right? and you it's gotta, you gotta you gotta put, you gotta put, put the work you put your reps in and it's like anything else you get right. better and better like when you do something and it doesn't work then the next time like guarantee whatever made it not work you don't <laughs> do and you're just constant pushing forward and yeah. it, it, it's uh it's an editor of process and right it's, well yeah. it's funny i met with a prospect today and you know i've got a i've got a good solid team the guy said, Aaron, I said, I'm only dealing with you. I said, okay, for now. I said, eventually you're going to like dealing with my team better, but here's you, Mike, you have my cell phone. You call me anytime. And the only thing I can tell you is that I will pick up the phone unless I'm with somebody else. And at a minimum, I'm going to call you back. And guess what? I don't have the answers. My team has the answers. So you're going to get to like them better, I promise. <laughs> you know, it's a cool thing to say. And he remembers I, I made a sales call on him over 10 years ago. So I was a lot younger, a lot greener, a lot less knowledgeable in, in, in what I do. And, you know, the conversation that we had 10 years ago, very different than the conversation we're, we're having today because I come from a, from a different point of authority and expertise and reputation that matter right you know reputation follows us to everything that we do and doing good really transcends and and continues to roll with you because people want to work with people that do good and have good reputations and that's something that you have in the community um which is awesome because people seek you out wanting to you know know what the next best thing is 
Yeah, so we've delivered it all right here, <laughs> you know. <laughs> this is the answer. I'm not going to tell you where to find Brett, but uh, <laughs> you know, he's usually riding his bicycle down by the beach. <laughs> no, it's it. Um, I mean, I, yeah, it, it it goes back to what you were saying before about the people that were here before. They're the doing one act of kindness, and that's really what it is: is you you just be kind and like kind in your business, kind in your in your personal right. life, and kind to yourself. I mean, that's. That's important. Accidentally solved the problem, but uh, but I think that's that's really it's you know these are the those are the best entrepreneurial stories is you you just mm. stumble upon a way to solve a problem and you know you take off running with it mm-hmm. and then think in opportunities they will find you and it's right and it and it's yeah you just put yourself out there and that's really the first step and yeah all right so we were we were talking briefly about the floodwaters the other week in uh, in in Asbury Park and how crazy it was and it was it was like post Sandy. Um, and pre Sandy, post Sandy, during Sandy, whatever, whatever it was. And, um, you know, with the way the water was, I was watching the photos of Lake Avenue and I'm like, uh Oh, I'm like, I know that person canceled their flood insurance and that person. And <laughs> I'm like, please, no claims, please, no claims. And just watching it all, it was absolutely incredible with what the heck came, went down, uh, last it, week. It was, I think I, my first thought was, I'm so glad I do not have an office on Lake <laughs> Avenue anymore because we used to. That's right. And yeah. um, and I remember we were doing our construction during Sandy, and I came down the morning after Sandy, and the owner of the building was up to his shoulders in the basement, Gosh. stringing up electric to get pumps going. Right. And so that that was one of those like Sandy moments that was ingrained in my like in my my consciousness. Right. And then I when I started to see uh, the pictures, and somebody was flying a drone, somebody was kayaking <laughs> down. Uh, uh, down Lake Avenue, I was like, "Oh God, that's that's." <laughs> I mean, that's it's the best Hurricane part, Sandy. right? When you get to have fun with it. I did. I took the paddleboard out, and I had enough water in my backyard that my kids could paddleboard in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll, it's like snowing, but. <laughs> it, well, for us, they canceled school um, that Friday because of the flooding. Couldn't. There was no physical way to get the children to and from school because of uh, the high tide cycle and the amount of water that came in from the flash floods was incredible. So we had a flood day, which we acted like a snow day. We went out and played in the rain and <laughs> went paddleboarding in the backyard. Yeah, we got we got a lot of rain really quick. <laughs> and we, uh, like we were saying before, I was saying before, is I'm still, I had two feet of water in my crawl space and we're still getting right. it out. And it's, So we're a week later and you're still pumping water out, right? Less than a week later, a couple of days, but there's nowhere for the water to go, right? So everybody with a basement, listen up. Make sure your sump pumps are working. Make sure you have a backup pump um and keep them running and make sure you have somewhere to discharge the water like i actually just bought uh a pool cover pump i went on the the website the app that we all go on and things show up the next day magically um i bought a pool cover pump and i already have a hundred foot hose like if i ever need to get water of anything i just have a portable pump it's like 50 bucks i got lucky because i um I don't even know if it was luck, but the previous owners of our house like have left they gifted left me one because <laughs> I remember there there it wasn't even this one. There was another incident right. like a year or two ago, whatever. Um, and I just went uh, into yeah, I was like I needed a pump, and I think <laughs> everywhere was sold out, and I was just like I need one. I only one in, in the next day or two days from now. I need one like right now. Right now. Right. And then I went into my garage and um, I found oh, a look. box. I'm like that looks like a pump, and I opened it up and I pull one out, and I'm like, thank you. Uh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the other but issue with it, you know, a best lot of purchase I would have the, ever made if I could purchase the it. basement stuff is not covered well by insurance, right? So basements and water are not covered well by insurance. 
and uh, you know you have some water backup, some cleanup coverage that's included. But if you have a finished basement and you got that much water, you're in most cases, not every case, but in most cases, people are 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 shit out of luck when it comes to getting insurance to actually pay for it because basements are frowned upon in the eyes of the insurance companies. <laughs> Can we get flood insurance in Monmouth County? Is that like a thing? Yeah, flood insurance. I didn't know if problem. it was still. You know, like so a, I, you know, I didn't have any flood claims from you know the last storm that came through um some of them may have been had some coverage in flood i've got one house where there was it's it's almost a slab on grade it's like elevated less than a foot and they had about a foot of water in the house um but there's no flood insurance it was technically an x zone which is a low risk flood zone um by fema standards so property owner doesn't carry flood insurance you know we're waiting on the tenants to move out or get the rest of their stuff out so we can see if we can just dry everything out well enough. Um, but yeah, so much water came so fast. Like certain parts of Long, this was in Long Branch, Second Avenue was a, there was a river running down Second Avenue in Long Branch. And I wouldn't have been surprised if somebody wasn't paddleboarding or kayaking down Second Avenue or mm-hmm. Ocean Avenue. I think Ocean Avenue was closed at one point also. So a lot of closures, a lot of fun, not a lot of fun when it comes to having to do your own cleanup. <laughs> but clean it and dry it super important i think an inch you probably know about this because you're you're in the business but one thing that i remember after sandy i was studying was um uh the old like flood you go back like 100 years 150 right. years and you look at like the like where there were lakes and rivers and okay and flood maps for for the area and you could see like like they actually like have them on surveys where like they've literally just filled them in, built like condos or houses on, and then and then everybody's like, I don't understand why it's like it's flooding. It's because you're literally in a waterway. You are literally like, in a waterway. Yeah. Like if you, you're right. If you look at some of those old maps, you'll see creeks under homes. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know that was once a river. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what do you think happens when you get eight inches of water? In you know, the water is going to come right back to figure out. You know, water always finds a way. Um, you know, we like water, but water is also the probably the most expensive uh, claim we can we can make, whether it's from the ground up or from the the sky down. You know, it's uh, it's it's wild when it comes to that. But yeah, there's some cool old maps if you can find them that show where the creeks are and where lake beds are and like Freehold, New Jersey, for instance. You're like, you don't think Freehold is wet? Freehold is full of old lakes and creeks <laughs> that only fill up when there's a ton of rain that comes down. You know, it's wild. You're like nowhere near the coast. There's no rivers. There's no, hmm. there's no big lakes in Freehold, New Jersey, but yet there's major waterways that have come through and, and, and live around there. So there's flood zones, the high risk flood zones in, in Freehold where you think you're just high and dry. So Good to know. quite, uh, quite interesting. Check your flood maps. <laughs> um, Brett Morgan, thanks for hanging out with me today. I'm glad to get an update on everything going on. Glad to get some advice out there for anybody with an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, reach out to us, reach out to me. I'm happy to vet any ideas. I love talking to new entrepreneurs and new business owners and helping people get started off the ground with their insurance. And as Brett does with anybody's ideas, because you never know when he's just going to help you out. Or take it for that matter. Yeah. Brett. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This thanks is great. for coming, man. I appreciate it. All right. Take care, Aaron. See ya.